welcome back to the Sleeping Grush podcast. Hello, hello. I'm Matt. I'm still John. I'm glad too, because otherwise we're going to have problems. And down at the other end of that table is Jager Madsen, as always, producing for us and doing a darn fine job, I might add. The uh, wonderful episode that you listened to last week. Boy, he really had to pour it on to get that one to work. So we're very thankful that he's around. As always, we're brought to you by Cardboard Corner Cafe, Kansas City's premier gaming cafe. So, John, bad guys. Bad guys. Tell me about bad guys. I, You know, one of the things that's always really made me very happy about the, the Phelan world is that good and bad aren't some sort of a, a set in stone thing. There isn't uh, one faction that's good and one faction that's bad. And uh, that was one of the things that drew me to the game at first. And um, now today we're gonna be talking about something that really gets into the meat of that. So tell me about bad guys in the world of Phala. So <laughs> we have to go back again to the mists of time. Oh gosh, it's also, another time also known, as a, also known as the late 70s. <laughs> <laughs> So well, uh, I won't tell you what I was doing. Uh, and Matt, you know, for the listeners, Matt and I have talked about, you know, what today's subject is. We're going to talk about a particular faction. We're going to get to that in a minute. We'll get but, that in a minute, yeah. Uh, it's hard to talk about that particular faction. Well, talking about the role of villains in Phelan and uh, absolutely the structure. We've come a long way since the company picked it up and, and we've done things with it as a DGS team. But it did, as we talked about previous episodes, start as my role-playing world when I was a kid, you know, uh, initially in high school and then through college. So um, I was influenced by a lot of things that I wrote into it initially that have carried over, even as we've expanded, some of those core themes have stayed. Sure. And like you said, it attracted you, so it must be working. That it is. It's definitely working. So here's where that came from. So as we said in the previous episode, when we when I started this, what did we have? We had the white box D&D, you know. We had a made-up map. We had uh, blank uh, graph paper and blank hex paper, and we drew our little wood symbols and our little mountain symbols, and you know they were all generically named the mountains of death, the forest of doom, and whatever. You know, kind of still how I operate. Yeah, right. So and, you know, and I, when I first started that process, I was like fourteen. You know, so what did we know? Right, not a lot. And what were we influenced by? We were influenced by the things in pop culture that we read and saw in the movies and mm -hmm. whatever else. And I was strongly influenced by Tolkien. Obviously, a lot of us were. D&D um, &D was brand new. D&D &D was finding its way. Uh, but it's not like it is today where it's got all this depth and all these different um, realms that right. it plays in. Uh, so D&D &D was influenced by Tolkien more so then than now. Um, and original, uh, original settings had orcs, elves, hobbits, men, dwarves, you know, because of that. Right. Because of Tolkien. So uh, when I set out to start building my fantasy world, I had a single country, which we talked about before, was Falcar, became Falcar. Uh, and around the periphery, we had all the things. Right. Know, we had the allied free people types, you know, the elves and dwarves and hobbits, just like we read about. And then we had um, enemies, you know, orcs and dragons and whatever. And so, but I was bothered by some things early on, okay? that I continue to be bothered by, <laughs> but bothered by in fiction. Uh, so it always bothered me, for example, reading about these things, Sorda Shannara, Tolkien, Stephen Donaldson, um, 
and others of that type, the big dark lord, the 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 big evil. Big right? evil. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and you can now you can kind of visualize it even better and talk about it with other people because we have a common frame of reference from the Lord of the Rings movies, right? And other movies. We will die. Right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Mordor specifically. <laughs> Who really wants to live there? Right. Right. What's the point? So, I had two things that bothered me about that, even as a kid is that you're going to conquer the world and turn it into a festering sand pit of awfulness with a bunch of creatures that, what do they do? They don't play tennis, they don't go yachting, right? You're gonna conquer the world. They're not farming. So I was also a fan of James Bond, right? Uh, yes. And so James Bond villains, you know, I don't wanna, some of them were crazy and wanna destroy the world, but the cool ones want to get rich, have mansions. Right. Lots of companionship of whatever's right. Uh, so, and so that made more sense to me, right? I mean, you know, why would I want to just turn it all into one big, stinky, dark workplace? Right. And what fun is it to be an orc? Why am I signing up to work for this guy? Same thing with certain Bond villains. The minions made no sense, right? There were throwaways, right? Right. Uh, in um, uh, Diamonds Are Forever. The guy actually goes to get in his mini sub and make his escape from the platform. It's the enemy headquarters at the end, leaving the minions behind while he escapes. Donald Pleasance playing Starro Blofeld gets in the little, you know, monorail, goes to some side door and gets away. And you only live twice. And the minions are there to be blown up in the volcano cave. I'm not working for that guy. I'm, right, right. I'm, 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 I want a piece of paradise. Yeah. And he keeps doing the same dude, right? Same character in the books, the influence books. So all those things didn't make sense. You went into a dungeon, you knocked on a door, you know, you opened it, and there was a Balrog. Right. Who was there? Who was just guy. killing there. Right. No Nintendo, no Funyuns. Well, not that you ever found. Well, we didn't <laughs> Maybe you did get it. What is this new devil ring? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that I wanted it to make sense. And and as I grew, I encountered, and I think people today have even better villains. Yes. Right? Uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, oh yeah. Loki. Yeah. Right? Uh, these are, and that's what I think is what makes these stories more almost than the protagonist is a good is a good villain I sure. think with some of these superhero movies for example they fail it's because the hero is uninteresting i mean the uh, enemy is uninteresting right not because the hero isn't so um i wanted to have villains that made sense and that was also part of the theory of writing where <clears throat> just fantasy science fiction writing you know everything that doesn't isn't important needs to make sense and everything that you know you need to work that isn't the way it is in the real world needs to be consistent right right so if you're gonna make a science fiction world you gotta explain i mean a, a space opera science fiction world not one like blade runner moment you leave the planet leave the solar system you gotta have faster than light travel right 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 now it's all theory there's no real way to do it right so we gotta take the big logic leap and then make that your warp bubble your wormhole, your right. whatever it is, hyperspace drive. You got to make it make consistent sense so your storytelling stays consistent. Yeah. But the, you know, I eat with a spoon, right? Yeah. You know, <clears throat> so, um, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, tea Earl Grey hot, not like leaking all over the table. It's in a cup, right? And I'm going to drink with a cup. That's all makes sense. Okay. So, uh, these villains, um, 
let's just throw away they all live in some big dark space and you know uh it's unpleasant there's no motivation to be there you know and then they're all throwaways to the big dark lord and all he wants to do is evil to the world now probably wants to party probably wants a good situation as they perceive it right sure so and there's going to occasionally be the villain like uh Alfred says, darn it, just wants to see the world burn. Mustache twirler. Right, yes. Right. <laughs> you must pay the rent. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, they, it, I wanted to have uh, the villains make sense, right, as villains. And we will eventually have the big, dark, evil uh, later on in our story, down several years. From right, because that exists yeah, in the world. It does exist, uh, exterior to the world, mm. under the world. True. Okay, wherever. Um, adjacent adjacent <laughs> <laughs> but day to day you know who are your villains and so the that's where the idea of people are villain enough people are evil enough mm -hmm. right um there's plenty of that going on and that plays into a part of the bright sword story sure which we'll tell later right um well who the villains are and why they're doing what they're doing isn't to you know burn the world down right okay so do something else um that makes sense to them the villain is often perspective, right? You know, right. do they see themselves as villains? So the Trazerite Empire, which is a faction we're going to talk about today, can be perceived as villains, but internally to themselves, what they're doing makes sense. Absolutely. Right? That's why I created it in the first place. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and I had, you know, already kind of established this sort of classic Western European medieval setting i didn't want to completely leave behind you know do something totally new i had too much invested in it at that point so falcar was going to be this classic castles knights places right. you know all that right. um wizards of magic spells all that sort of thing so the further you get away from that spot on the map uh my intent was to do the wilder things you know and i had that whole south continent to play with Right? Yeah. You know, sort of sketched it out, which you've seen the original high school drawing. <laughs> <laughs> you think I can't it's beautiful. You think I can't draw today, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> but I also was a big fan of those movies where and stories where there was uh, the lost world, the the interior. Right. I keep picturing that, that those movies that have that um you know, the big plateau, right? And they scale right the big now. wall. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um they scale the big wall and up there is, you know, um, Stop motion dinosaur. Right, right. Uh, iguanas that aren't that are just you know really big in the camera lights. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Journey to the center of the earth, you know, lost world, yeah. all those kinds of things. Um, great land of the lost. Also, great, okay. great world building, great well, storytelling. So we just so we had this place when I when I kind of sketched it out. I had this kind of nondescript circle in the middle of the southern continent. Here there'd be dinosaurs. Right. You know. Well, what am I going to do with that? You know, now I got to go make the other parts of it that aren't important make sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if I'm here, why would I, you know, why would I ride one? Well, maybe because they ate all the horses. Right. Right, you know. So that's kind of, we expanded out from there. That came and gave me my environment to play in. Right. And then how are you going to operate? You got to have some evil empire somewhere. Of course. Right? There were different stories I wanted to tell. And when we decided, when I decided to leave, Elves, classic trad elves, orcs, hobbits, you know, doors behind, right? Um, I, I at least recognize then that we'd want the elements of them. I sure. want to copy Tolkien, um, but there was a lot of good stuff there. Right. 
Oh, so, do. well, you think, right? Because people last song in the summer. Yeah. So, um, and that, you know, we'll talk about Trillius later, but that's, you know, where I was, you know, into Lorien and Merkwood and all those places. So we need a place like that. I don't want exactly the same story. We want to put our own spin on it. I'll tell that story well, later. We've spun, oh, it. We've spun that one. <laughs> it doesn't look like it on the surface. Once they find out what's really going on, it's going to be great. But with the Trazerite Empire, we also had the, I also had the idea. Now, we have continued it, but I, I, I want to say I, but at this point it is I. It's, it's absolutely I'm I. 19, 18, whatever I am. Um, of let's have, you, know, you get it right what you know, right? And I was a student of military history. And so I knew all these different cultures, you know, the Mongols and the Greeks and the Romans and the whatevers, right? Samurai. You know, make those cultures show up where people could relate to them. Right. So what they had to focus on was the differences. Yeah. And not learn twenty cultures that are totally every aspect of every culture is completely new. Or those guys into a game with their religion. If it's a, if it's a tweak, they are Mongols plus this. Right. 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 Or and, and minus this. Whatever. Yeah. You know. And can I just as an aside say what a brilliant strategy that was you mispronounced lucky yeah okay sure <laughs> brilliant strategy that was when you were creating the different factions and races because it's so nice to be able to have something well yeah i was playing at such and such a place and we had a demo and i was playing the romans on we're riding dinosaurs right we that is exactly what they pulled from it exactly what they should have pulled from it right. and we know exactly what they're talking about right, right. and it's sure. because it was familiar but different so the tra the trasrite empire itself you know, then I had, I, I knew about empires, right, from studying Alexander the Great and the Romans and the Genghis Khan and whoever else, the Brits. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, knew about all that sort of thing. So it's typically not made up of a homogenous culture. Right. So the southern continent would have these subject kingdoms that were part of the, you know, not entirely voluntarily part of the empire, right? right. So you could have tension. You know, you want conflict. We want conflict. Stories. Yeah. So we need tension. So there's going to be some subject kingdoms, but there are going to be some core provinces that are also like the ones in the boot of Italy or yeah. Macedonia. Yeah. You know. Happy to be um, here. Right. You know, part of the part of the deal. Um, maybe benefiting most from the economic and political arrangement. Right. You know, need a Senate, strong emperor, all those sort of relatable things. Maybe tweak the rules a little bit. So where are we going to tweak it? Well, if you start to think about why would... What would be about, sorry, what characteristics can you give some of these players to be perceived as villains by other cultures, but they wouldn't perceive themselves to be villains? Right. Right? And that took a lot of study. Sure. And one I came up with for the Trasrod Empire is they are patriarchal mm -hmm. in a world where it isn't necessarily perceived to be bad by them. Right. Right? And we could then contrast the Trasroid Empire with those cultures that have become more egalitarian, mm -hmm. right? And so there's other cultures like Falcor where women and men have equal right. rights, equal stature, which is also counter to the Earth's medieval story. That's also fantasy. Sure. You know, we like it better. Right. We want it. That's the world we would have wished we had, right? right. But um, not the one that came from it. Not, right. Yes. So, so we could, and we could have different degrees yeah. of, of uh, enlightenment. We could have some that are further along. And some that are more egalitarian for different reasons. Right. Right. But the hard over one was going to be the Trazerites. So then you could have a reason for somebody to hate them. And we also, uh, you know, I had 
And even early on, I was blessed with um, women that were part of our role-playing playgroup. Mm-hmm. You know, more so in high school than college, but, you know, that wanted to, you know, that taught me about, you know, seeing all this through a lens of, oh, what's this Jamie Bikini crap? You know, right? Right. Right? You know, we talked about before? Yep. You know, and so what are they going to hate? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I asked a couple of my friends that were, that were female gamers at the time. You know, I'm, I need to make a villain. Oh, make them, you know, think they're taking care of women, but they're really not. I'm like, I'm like a pencil. This is great stuff. That's right. And, you know, <laughs> keep it coming. <laughs> then I realized, oh, crap, it's a little too close to home. You know, right? We got to, there's a lot going on in the world today. That's ah, about, right? but, so that's where good speculative fiction gets written, right? Too. But I've also seen stories and, and his, historical examples of cultures where, whether they're blind to the problems or it's not really as much of a problem depending on the cultural view right the women in that culture defend it yes okay it happens yes it right? does. it's not our place to judge right mm-hmm. um if outside we see you know a woman in a culture like that you know or whatever a person of whatever you know either ethnic background or, or gender situation looking like they're oppressed to us and we go into their culture and they're happy with their role like, I get to stay home with the kids. This guy's out there getting stabbed by mammoth tusks. You know, right. I'm, I'm making a light of it, but it's, but, not, our, it's not our place to say. Right. What we're going to do is we're going to create these different cultures, and you pick the one you want. Exactly. Right? That's a menu. You know, Phelan's a, ultimately a faction menu, you yeah. know, for play style, for cultural identification. You know, what character do you want to be? So, but we could also slip in there some things they were doing that are absolutely pretty much universally going to be perceived as evil. Right. Like what they do about female casters. Yeah, so what okay. do they do about female casters? Uh, well, so if you're in a culture, this is the Trazerite Empire. Now, pattern on the Roman Empire, not entirely the same. Um, there's a mix of the Arab conquest in there because uh, the it's the religious fervor of the sun priests and the military reforms of the Trazerite plate masters together that allows them to take over the... right. Um, whole continent, right? Uh, and I was a student of both. I was a student of the Arab conquest and of the 600s and 700s, 800s. And I was a student of, you know, the first time there's a battle between Romans and Greeks. I'm simplifying. But, right, right. You know, the people that show up after the battle are used to the push of pike, the push of spear, yep. you know, the, the phalanx blocks. Mm-hmm. Somebody takes it a little too hard, they run, they get chased a little bit. You know, but the field, the field is ours, and there are some dead, but it's not, they're not piled on deep, right? The phalanx meets the Roman legion, it's a Ginsu knife shell. It's a bloodbath. Right, and when you come to the battlefield, there's all these hacked up body parts. If you take a pike to the chest, there's a hole. If you get, you know, slapped at by a lady, you're chopped into bits, right? Yeah. And it was horrifying, and it was a, it was a changing the view of warfare to the people that ran into it. I just mix those two things. Right. Right. You know, because I had a whole continent to take and not a lot of time to take. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so, um, so it's a combination of the two stories, yeah. you know, that, that are the Trazerite rebellion against the Krygian Empire, which is the thing that's down there before them. Right. But, you know, they're the, they're the um, pre-Roman Greek Macedonian model pike phalanxes, or even back further Babylon, Samaria. Yeah. You know, pike phalanxes, Big shields, heavy infantry, no sword play to speak of. Right. You know, on a on a grand army military scale. Right. Right. You know, <clears throat> so those reforms in uh, marching and 
and swordsmanship and and uh, military organization, organization of legions, are you know told to the Trazerite rebellion and ultimately the conquest of the the empire and replacing it with a different one, which is all we did. You know, right? We were King Louis, then we were Napoleon. That's right. <laughs> What's the difference, really? You know, right? To the people. To you know, what's right? the people, right? So, um, you know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. So. Um, we wanted to inst we wanted to have a place for we weren't going to have a whole world and not have the empire of course and we weren't going to have a whole world not have the Roman Empire right the Senate you know all that cool stuff you know an emperor uh, games uh, Circus Maximus yes um, you know so that's where the story was told and what we added to all that was the fact that since we we're going to have this southern continent and in the middle of it was going to be the great you know um, dinosaur generating plateau mm -hmm. right. That they were going to be native to that, and we were going to put these people on uh, those kinds of creatures. Uh, we're not making any statements about whether they're birds or not. That is Earth, sure. right? Um, so they're generally reptilian, mm -hmm. you know, in nature, and uh, they're not exactly our dinosaurs, but they're patterned after them, right? You know, a vlo actual Velociraptors, I believe, are much smaller. Can't the, the would support the weight of a man, right? A person, you know. Um, so a velozar is patterned more after the sort of a whole, ah, oh, how do I keep this thing fed without eating me? Yeah, all right. So uh, the whole story about the Velazar uh, cohorts are only brought together in mass units for war because I can't keep these things fed and I take them to the other person's territory. Right. Right. I don't march around the Treasure Empire. We, we don't let them loose on the home ground. Or, or into a subject kingdom. Right. Right. You know, somebody needs a rebellion squash. We call them. Our <laughs> legion together, and oh my gosh, right? Everybody's you know, fat and happy. I haven't even fought a battle yet. All I've done is let them feed. <laughs> so um, then we get to have, you know, uh, the place to go explore where dinosaurs are in the wild. Our right. dinosaurs are in the wild, and then also them as part of everyday life. Yes, military, logistics, infrastructure, right? Transportation, uh, food, you know, clothing. Um, whatever else, instead of the horse and the uh, other creatures that we got leather from. Oxen. Oxen, you know, uh, beasts of burden. Yeah. And so we could mix all of those things and we had a whole continent to do it on. And then we could have some of the more enlightened cultures around the periphery be opponents, political opponents of this. Right. And not into, and then we could have our rebellion against it led by women, because why would they, you know, why would they not be, right? Yes. You know, why would we not be able to find somebody who's dissatisfied with not being able to run a business, own a business, you know, run a business? Uh, they could still be part of one. Um, uh, whole central political office or serve the military. Right. You know, which is severely limiting. Yeah. Uh, when they come against the cultures who don't have that, you know, which they run into with Falcar. Right. You know. And ultimately, Corona, and Corona rebels. Sure, you know, small population, but everybody's involved. You know, it's right, not, right. So that's where that's where all that comes from, and that's true. You know, the, as when we learned uh, more about the Grular as part of the Bright Sword War, what is their motivation? Are they really villains? So, can you be Grular, you know, as a player, be identifying with Grular, and not just be? You know, crappy to your fellow person. No, you've got your story to tell. You got your viewpoint. You know? Right. Um, a little harder with the trash rights, but you can pull it off. Right? You can. You, know? yeah. you can. 
What I'd like to, I'd like to run into my first female player who wants to be a Trazerite and not be an Eclipse, right, player. Right. right? That's, that would be fun. You know? Interesting. Yeah, you know, she'd have the, uh, um, I can't serve the military, but she's the patron. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. I like things just the way they are. Let's, let's not mess with them. Uh, that'd be fun. We might just generate that character, you know, and well, somebody wants yeah. to identify with that. But probably not, you know, <laughs> probably they want to be salvages in the eclipse, you know, sure. uh, all, uh, you know, students of the Blade Mother. You know, right? Oh, yes. Um, so we have uh, a multi-province. The the southern continent is in, almost entirely covered by the Trans-Rog Empire, with the exception of the Marshale, right. the Kingdom of Marshale. Some of those are subject kingdoms that aren't culturally Trasurite. Um, especially further south, you go. Yeah, especially further south. Mishdat, Azaran, uh, Ischak, right? Uh, and we're going to be telling their stories more and more as time goes on. We will be very shortly for one of them. Right, right? yeah. Um, and the people they beat to take over the continent, the, the empire that preceded them. Yes. You know, the Krygen Empire. Uh, features in the current campaign, never did, mm -hmm. but it's in our past. It is, yeah, it, it is the distant past. Yeah. So when we ended up with an empire, you could perceive to be villainous. They aren't led by a dark lord, you know, who just wants to cover the place in orcs and smoke um, and burn crops. I, what are we eating? <laughs> That's the thing. You know, they had to make up. The Indy had to make up a whole story. We kept running into rooms in the seventies and eighties full of goblins. That were dungeon rooms. Where's the bathtub? Where's the food? Right? Where's the light? You know, you open the door, you had a torch, now it was lit. What was it before? Right. You know, right. Oh, they have dark vision. What are they looking at? Other oh, goblins. You know, there's nothing in there. Right? Sounds like a party to me. You know, right. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd have to create, like, you know, and I think one of this isn't one of the stories that they eat fungus. I don't know. I, I lost track of all that. That's so. that. That would be another game system, I believe. Oh, I don't think what they originated it? that. I really don't. I don't know. If I went back to the monster manual, the original D and D monster manual, I looked at what the said about food sources for goblins and orcs, mushrooms. I'm pretty sure fungus is involved. At one thing, <laughs> I could be wrong. Uh, readers, uh, listeners, uh, check us out. That's right. Yeah. Put us, put us in the comments section. Somebody, somebody needs to send us straight. Tell us for, my, <laughs> my monster really is in a tub somewhere in the garage, so I have to dig that in. So, so let's delve a little deeper into the Trazerites. Okay. And uh, let's talk about the religion. Ah, okay. It's, right. It's interesting and different as as it goes in Phalon. So wh who is it that they're worshiping? What is it that they're worshiping? And how does that uh, inform their everyday life? So there's two stories there. Okay? Yes. There's the, there's the story that's relatable from Earth, mm -hmm. you know, you know why they're, they're like the Romans, right? You know, there's no Romans in Phalon. That's the right. way we make it relatable. Uh, and there is the story of how that all relates to the Gaul, because ultimately every culture, every religion out there finds its way back to the creator saying, I need to make myself more understandable. Right. So, um, which is all, you know, a, a easily defined a world anvil, yeah. you know, uh, how our religious story goes. It's right in there in the introduction so be, of Phelan. Because of driving the story that was similar to both the Roman conquest and the Arab conquest, um, the Arab conquest gave me a monotheistic religion. I already had multiple. So where were we going to put the monotheistic religion? Right. Okay, now first of all, just full disclosure, I'm a Christian, right? So I'm not poking, you know, um, 
monotheistic religions from a position of being outside them. Right. <laughs> Throwing stones from inside. I'm, I'm absolutely inside the tent. So, uh, but that story is, you know, religious fervor. Mm -hmm. Historically, those are more dangerous. Right. Right. It's just the way it is. Okay. So if we're going to tell that story, make it relatable. The conquests and actions of people um, z zealously following the principles of a monotheistic religion have been more dangerous over time than right. others. That's all we're saying. Okay. So, and also we got the story of um, we're overthrowing the Krajan. Right. Right. So the Krajan are original call worshippers. They are. That story is going to get told. They original. They they worship the original nine. No kidding. Uh, expressions of the Creator. And there's quite a bit of that in the new Debedim. Right, you might, yeah, we named them. That's right. right, the Challer versions of their names. And talked about how they played out within Nevadim. Right. Because they played out different everywhere, but... In the different cities of the Krajan Empire. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, but that's a great... Uh, I was going back over that document today when Jeff was pointing out the Void Agents caused me fire. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, that's another story. So, yeah, excellent. That's, that's some excellent work there, and it does tell that story. They, you know, the religious fervor of this new thinking where these... Uh, Gaul are pretenders, why wouldn't we just be focused on the creative? Why wouldn't we be focused on a unifying idea and not be scattered all over the place? That's the story these sunbringers want to tell. Right. And what is the most dominant element in any environment that's of a similar nature to ours? The, right? sun. the sun. So it's the Runa, the sun god, is um, their version of the lamp but there is no other version. Right, there's right? just nothing else. You know, <laughs> it's just, that's the creator. He made all these other things kind of like to make, you know, stupid people understand them. <laughs> you know, so that's their party line. Right. Okay? So essentially it is, of all the different, we have the 18 animal totems in the Erdogar tribes. We have original Gaul worshippers in the Krajan and also the Kazarok. Yes. We have um, members of those, Gaul that have, that have expressed themselves on Phelan because they want more worshippers, like, you know, the great snake. You know? <laughs> so we have these other things going on out there. Uh, and so, but we needed a monotheistic, you know, one of these cultures, and that was the natural resting place for that because right. of what it was, what it was going to have as a role in our story. Sure. Right. And so um, we have, and we could then juxtapose it against the Cronins who are going to have the same view, a similar view, but of the eyes, which is right. a man and a woman, and they are, you know, equally balanced. Mm -hmm. You know, at least the two moons in the pit and sky. So <clears throat> um, uh, we could have that, you know, counterpoint. Sure. Know, they could be sure. in conflict consistently. All the time. And you could choose which side that you wanted to be on. Right. You know. And then, of course, we could throw a shadow over the sun and have the Eclipse Rebellion. Right. So. <laughs> there's a strange beep coming yeah, from the other way. We're fidgeting in strange voices from the, from the producer's booth. <laughs> right, so. All right. So running out, out of time. So let's talk about where we see the Trouserites going in the future. Well, the Trouserites are not satisfied with um, their current situation. They want it all. Which right. ties back into the religion, which we yeah. didn't have time for, unfortunately. But uh, well, well, we'll, do it. well, let's talk. Let's do a podcast on the religion. I, I think we, we can, can come back to it. Yeah, yeah sure, absolutely. So uh, we'll do a podcast on what our listeners asked for, 
Right. So ask for religion. <laughs> um, so very quickly, though. I'm a listener. <laughs> it's true. I do listen to all of these. Uh, help me again. We were just talking about where, where are they heading? Where they're going? Yeah, yeah they're sorry. not satisfied. I was picturing this trireme headed for Corona. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is relevant to this it conversation. Is relevant. <laughs> so there's when the Krygen, uh the Krygen originally conquered that continent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a Chalor people, but they take control of it all. Then the subject kingdoms are they got one emperor, you know, and they're they're more. Like Greek, Greek, um, Greece and Persia of the ancient times, right? Okay, uh, Samaria and Babylon, you know, etc. And uh, and uh, Egypt politically, not you know Egypt's uh, cultural areas, you know, Candor for us. But so they conquer the southern portion of the northern continent, a strip, you know, from uh, Falthar Watch to Candor City. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they don't go much further inland because the pressure back from the Simker and Failer peoples is too much. That's as far as they get. And, you know, environmentally, there are natural boundaries there. Right, right. Um, the Bronze Mountains and whatever else. So uh, the peoples of the Northern Continent t- eventually take all that back, except Corona, which rebels. And so none of that is Trazerite property. That just sticks in their craw. Right. And so every, you know, so many tens of years, so many hundreds of years, they try another crusade to take Corona back, start with Corona because they want to punish them for rebelling. And it's the closest thing to the Trazerite continent, the southern continent for logistics purposes. And they will try it again during the Breitzler War. So they are headed towards another crusade. Right. And that's just as far as they're concerned, they're always right. heading towards another crusade. Right. Well, that's true. <laughs> or recovering from the last one. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like the Ice Age. Oh, oh, oh. So, so we're going to start telling the story of the lead up to what will become known as the Jaguar Crusade. They all have names. Right. They offer named after their leaders. The Jaguar Crusade will be named so because the leader of the crusade is also the commander of the Jaguar Legion. Right. So that's where it gets its nickname from. Awesome. And as we start moving our timeline forward, we've established this year is 1003. 1003. Uh, as we move our timeline forward, you know, we're going to start telling about the build up to that. Right. Right. Um, and then launch it here in a few years. So Fantastic. they're headed towards invasion. <laughs> I reckon it seems like the entire kind of world is heading towards, towards conflict. War. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's. Uh, 1936, right? Right, ish. You know, we've all got our dice, we're just <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, it's time to be pulling again. You know? <laughs> Boom! Oh, oh, 12, let's go. Yeah, yeah, okay, fantastic. Well, thank you, John, for, for talking about the trans race today. Sure. Um, it's one of the more fascinating factions in the world because of its its duality. You know, is it good? Is it bad? You know, and uh, how you can perceive it. So, uh, folks, as always, thank you for listening. If you have any comments, leave them at whatever place that you're listening to us or watching us, if it's YouTube. Uh, I already saw some comments on on the one that we dropped today, so that's fantastic. Well, already? Thank wow, you. nice, yeah. Keep them coming, guys. We love hearing from you. We love uh, being able to respond. So if you have questions or anything else like that, make sure that you leave them wherever it is that you're listening. Thank you again, and until next time, we'll see you around the table. Spike and win. <laughs>